hot still. At home, turn us up. In your car, turn us on. At work, tell others about Talking with Ms. T, the talk show that's giving you trending topics, noted news, interesting interviews, community updates, and so much more. It continues right now. Ms. T. She'll do the talking. All you got to do is be a good listener. Greetings for this meeting of you and the team from Talking with T. We keep it real and true while we do what we do. Thanks for tuning in to the show design with you in mind. It's February 19th, and if today is your birthday, you share it with your birthday mate, singer Seal, model turned reality star Cynthia Bailey, and soulful singing legend Smokey Robinson. Today on the national calendar is President's Day, which is always celebrated on the third Monday in February, as was started as an acknowledgement of George Washington's birthday. As we continue to highlight Black history fact, on this date in history, John Singleton became the first African-American director to be nominated for an Academy Award for Boys in the Hood. Also on this date in history, Vanetta Flowers became the first African-American woman to win a gold medal in any Winter Olympic sport. This month's theme is Follow Your Heart. There are times when your heart will lead you in the right direction and let you know the right thing to do before your mind even figures it out. Now, when you follow your heart, I'm not saying you shouldn't take your brain with you, but sometimes you just have to go for it. I found that the heart houses compassion, hope, charity, kindness, and love. For today's happy highlights... I want to lift up a Seattle news station, KIRO7, who after hearing the Washington State medical debt stories from an investigative report, decided to take action by paying off the medical debt for 1,000 people. And then there is a happy highlight about Jamal Cole out of Chicago, who asked for 10 volunteers to help shovel snow for the elderly, and over 100 people showed up. Jamal runs a nonprofit community group called My Block, My Hood, My City. Keep it where it's at. I'll be right back. You're tuned in to Talking with T. Let's turn our attention to some Monday Minute Quick Bits and Trending News. Knoxville's own Helen Ash passed away, who started the Love Kitchen with her sister Ellen Turner in 1986. The Love Kitchen started on February 13th, serving 22 meals, and since that time, they now serve over 3,000 meals a week. Also in Knoxville, a man has been convicted of molesting a seven-year-old girl on at least three occasions while her mother was at work. The victim had been threatened by Justin Bumby, age 29, that if she ever told of the abuse, she would be in danger. But the second grader eventually told her elementary school counselor. I think a disturbing part of this case is that according to the DA, the victim's mother testified on behalf of Bumby. That just makes my blood boil to think of the horror this little girl faced and she didn't even have her own mother to protect her. In my opinion, the mother should go down as well. 
R&B singer R. Kelly was previously in the news for essentially running a harem of women. Well, the home he was keeping them in has been served with an eviction notice. This past Tuesday, the notice was filed claiming he has not paid two months rent, which totals over $23,000. So just to get this straight, his rent is $11,542 a month. It is reported that the home looked abandoned and criminal charges are expected to be filed as well due to damage to the property. Although R. Kelly says the home was burglarized toward the end of last year. I think one of the biggest stories trending in the news this week was the shooting spree that occurred in Parkland, Florida, where Nicholas Cruz killed 17 people and injured several others. It is reported that he suffered from mental illness, but had not been taking his medication. He was adopted and then his adopted father died. Recently, his adopted mother died from the flu and we're guessing he just snapped. So now we grieve for the innocent lives lost as the issue of addressing mental illness and gun control resurfaced. The FBI is under fire because they did not follow proper procedures when warned about this disturbed teen and his plans. As the story unfolded, we learned that there were several signs that this kid was a ticking time bomb. Students and families want answers. And in fact, CNN is hosting a town hall on the issue. The community also held a rally in which several survivors spoke up and they spoke out with the hashtag not one more. My heart goes out to all of those affected. And I think of the teachers that put their lives on the line to protect their students. And actually, not only did they risk their lives, some of them gave up their lives as they are among those murdered during the incident. I have a link to the article that identifies the 17 victims and looking at them and thinking about their family just makes my heart hurt. Related to this story, just a day before the massacre in Florida, a Washington grandmother called 911 to report a journal she found, which included plans to shoot students using homemade explosives. In the journal, 18-year-old Joshua O'Connor stated he wanted the death count to be as high as possible so that the shooting would be infamous. O'Connor was arrested and the grandmother likely saved many lives by having the guts to report what she had found. Then there was even a teen charged in my neck of the woods from Cock County for making a kill list, threatening to shoot classmates. All in all, and including the story we reported just last week where there was a school shooting in Kentucky, there have been a reported 18 school shootings this year. And it's just February. Now, to be fair, I did read that the report of 18 school shootings may be inflated because they would include an accidental discharge of a weapon or a shooting, whether students were involved or not. So, you know, maybe it hasn't been 18, but whatever number it is, it's too many. Many parents like myself are a little on edge as we send our babies off to what was once considered a safe haven. All right. So I just finished sharing some information about the most recent school shooting, which occurred in Parkland, Florida. 
and had the opportunity to speak with Mr. Reggie Jackson, who's a Knoxville native, Army veteran, military training, and Reggie also served as a school resource officer. And after the shooting in Florida, we had an opportunity to talk, and I had some questions for him based on his experience. So first of all, Reggie, welcome to the show. Glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you for carving out some time to speak with us. From your experience as a Knox County School um, Resource Officer, do you think that the staff or students are adequately trained to deal with an active shooter if one were to come on their campus or school grounds? I don't believe so. Okay. All right. So I know you and I had an opportunity to talk, and you shared some things that would occur doing an active shooting drill. You also let me know what people should do and how we could be better prepared for that. But, of course, that was a one-on-one conversation. And although I personally feel better equipped, I'm just wondering, is it time for us to provide more training for our staff and students? Yes, I think at this point in time, we need to have more training and, and more opportunities for people to understand exactly what is going on and what will, what can occur in an active mm-hmm. shooter situation. Okay. All right. So right now, what type of drills do we have now? What are we prepared for? We have our, our regular drill that we've always had. We have our fire drills, our different uh, weather drills. Uh, we have lockdown okay. drills. And, and okay. With with our lockdown drills, it's just locking the school down. If if, if it's something going on outside the campus, KPD uh, or the sheriff's office, there's something going on around the campus. Of course, they're going to lock the schools down. Uh, a lockdown drill is not the same as an active shooter drill. All right, and I think there's some confusion around that because I think people think, okay, well, they know what to do if they're locked down. Can you explain the primary difference in the two? A how would you describe drill, that? Yes. A lockdown uh-huh. drill is more of it's I lock the door, everybody gets quiet, nobody says anything. That's a, okay. that's a lockdown drill. An active uh-huh. shooter drill is totally different. Because you're hearing chaos, you're hearing as in Florida, they, the fire alarm was pulled, and people are running, you're screaming, you're yelling. You're at a point now, it's more as of you're in, a soldier's in combat. A lot of hollering, a lot of screaming, a lot of gunfire, and chaos everywhere. That is an active shooter situation. Okay, that's, that's scary. Yes, yes. Okay. And a lot of us that are not, uh, should I say, us, you don't get up in the morning and say, I want to be a security officer. Security officer is a lonely job. It's you're by yourself or you have a partner and you have a big building or, or a small vicinity of that you patrol. So you are really the first responder to that situation. So you've got to be equipped within your mind, within your training and techniques to handle whatever comes your way until backup arrives. Hmm. That's interesting. I think, I know at least I didn't think about it that way. I mean, of course, I see our school resource officers and I think of them, you know, if a fight breaks out or if we have a disturbance or kind of like you said, in a lockdown, but I didn't really think about all of the skills they needed to possess and everything that they needed to be prepared for or equipped to handle on school property. So that's interesting. Okay. So they, I'm assuming then that there's a training for 
school resource officers and that they go through all of these things? Well, see, uh, really, uh, in criminal justice, security is at the bottom of the, uh, should I say, it's at the bottom. And, and that's the first start anybody can do. But most okay. law enforcement officers don't want to do security because security is really boring. Because, you know, nine times out of ten, you're never going to come in contact with anything major. So mm-hmm. you kind of get relaxed. You don't you you do training probably once a year or twice a year and that's it. You don't really never do anything and then all of a sudden Florida happens and then you gotta react and remember your training. Mhm. All right. So is there a formula as far as how many school resource officers are supposed to be on a campus per student or is it depending on how large that school is? It depends on how large uh, large the school is, and uh, okay. how many do whoever's the security chief at the time or the administrators say this is what we need. Uh, uh, most schools, I mean, you know, you got most schools. You got, I know you got a school uh, may have a middle school over here might have six hundred, and another middle school over here has uh, fifteen hundred. Well, you want to mm-hmm. have enough uh, uh, security to handle a situation, but that's the key. Nobody ever knows exactly how many do you need. You have okay. to really just have the right technique. Because if you have, if everybody has radios in the school, administrators, principals, security, and got communication, communication is the key. If you got a good communication going on, then you are you will have really a good security department even inside the school. I see. Really, yeah. if you're a key component in the school, you need to have. A radio. Cafeteria workers, they need to have a radio. Janitors have a radio. Uh, all administrators need to have a radio. Nurses have radios. These are how things should go because there are key points, if you notice, there are key points right right there. you got a lot of students are in the cafeteria a lot or during lunch. Mm-hmm. you got got the cafeteria workers, they have uh, deliveries during the day. So if something was to happen with the delivery guy, then they should mm-hmm. be able to call in. Because, you know, they have a delivery guy come in and bring in boxes in. You don't know what that delivery guy has in oh, the So really security I needs to be, I got, a, I got a package coming in. Okay, we got a package coming in. Uh, security should meet them down there. Security should meet them down there to see what's going on. To make sure, that's what security job is. A security guard, it is a lonely job, but it's a time-consuming job because you're always on the go. And you're always using your feet. So you always moving. Okay, so I got another question. I was thinking about the um, area or the limitations of resource officers. So I want my first question is, in the school, how far do, is your jurisdiction? Like, is it around the school? Is it so many blocks? Is it just on school property? What if a student, a parent, or something, what if there were an altercation, like, across the street from the school? What is the expectations, well, what are the expectations for our school resource officers? Well, the school resources officers are bonded by the sheriff's department. So that means okay. on school grounds, they have the right to arrest, to hold the order down on the school grounds. Now, if you have a situation across the street and you, uh, you got a fight like in the middle of the street, across the street with students and parents, at that time, he automatically needs to call in some backup and his, his, his administrators and they can get out there and handle that situation. Now he can't be down. He can't be a mile away from the school and doing anything. That's that's no need. 
he needs to be staying right there. Like if school was getting out and there was a fight on the sidewalk across the street, yes, he needs to try to uh, break that up because that could cause a big commotion. Uh, he can call uh, only the officer, uh, KP officer or his sheriff mm-hmm. officer to help him out because they have they have more with their radio. They can call in more patrol cars to handle any situation. But he needs to be engaged or she needs to be engaged at all times. Okay. So I know we're going to talk again because we have some other issues outside of just school security, but just related to our schools and our, our hiring of security officers. We're going to save that. But I do want to know to clear up, what is it that they can't do? What are they not authorized to do? Because I want to make sure that we know the right expectations and aren't coming down on them for things that maybe they just aren't legally able to do in a school. What is it that we can't use them for or that we shouldn't expect them to do? You don't want a security guard to watch your room. If you got to go, if a teacher has to go out, you don't want them to watch the room. You don't want okay. them mopping up a spill. You don't want them coaching, uh, 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 coach like if it's a game, a basketball game. They should uh-huh. be coaching the game and being security at the game. There's just certain things. Security's job is to be alert, and they can't okay. be alert with doing things that are not even in their job description. So some things they should not be doing, and that's just it. Security, being security, being alert, trained eye, looking for what may happen so that you may stop it before it happens. I see. I appreciate all of that. Is there anything else um, that's important for us to know before we end Um, our talk today? Well, I mean, you know, I I think the best thing, if you want to talk about it now, the – what to do during the after shooter, or do you want to do it another time? We can. No, we can talk about it. I just wasn't sure. And my first thought was, okay, I don't want the active shooter to know what we're going to do. <laughs> but, well, I mean, see, then is, again, that's information that's probably hard to contain anyway. So, yes. yeah, you well, can share is, some yeah, tidbits the, of what we can do yeah. to be prepared. Right. The thing is, um, more classes are coming open for active shooter training. Uh, most jobs, even churches now, are going through active shooter training. So at that time, you can give a class on active shooter training, and this could be somebody that's in your class that has an episode that they go off and they do something and they become an active shooter. An active shooter doesn't know exactly what you're going to do because there are three, com- there are four components to really to to take care of during the active shooter training, and I'm just going to go over just the components of it. Uh, alert. Okay. A person needs to be alert. Everybody should be alert of the surroundings. Uh, a person could say, like I, like me, if I'm coming home and I know that it's a guy walking up and down my street with a hoodie on all day long and he's been doing this and I've been watching, I'm going to be alert so that I know that if, when, if my kids come home, like I have a high school student, I have a high school student, if he's walking home, I call him on his phone when he gets out of school, son, listen, what I want you to do is watch yourself on your way home. Look around before you open the door and make sure you lock your door when you get in there. And if you see a guy with a hoodie, even if he comes around, you know, you can call the police and you can and get some help. Be an alert. Be an alert because okay. if you got something, yeah, if your friend has a problem, if your friend is the most popular friend in school, all of a sudden they shut out, they don't want to talk to you, talk to a teacher. Tell a teacher what you see because you might say not only your life, their life and other people's life around them because you never know what somebody's thinking. That's the alert position. Then mm-hmm. during the, if it is a lockdown and saying there is a active shooter, the first thing they say 
that we used to train on all the time was run in the military. They say run. If you do not, if you hear the shots and they're nowhere close to you, get out of the building as soon as possible so that you can be the witness to the police officer who is on their way to the active shooter. Get get as far away from the building as you can and, and really scatter. Don't be in a group because a group is a big shot target. Mm, okay. Okay. Because mm-hmm. right. I'm thinking safety in numbers, but it's not really, is it? No, no. You you, you want to get out. If you run, okay. You want to run and get out of the way and get behind what, you something. Know, well, some people okay. say if you're running and you don't know where the shots are coming from, you could possibly run into the shots or run you, toward them unknowingly. You, you can run into shots. What we what we've analyzed and found out that if if in a building of a school, if you hear a shot. And and it and it sounds really faint. And you, the mm-hmm. gym is on this side of the building, and you're over by the right. cafeteria, which is on the other side of the building. You know it's not in your vicinity, so you get you. out the closest door you can get out, and you make a phone call to call the police. That's okay. that's it. Now I'm not saying if you hear it right outside your door, no, that's don't run in. Don't try to run. Okay. That's when that that's when the next one come in as hide. You want to make sure I you hide. You. you hide. Uh, I know a lot of guys now don't wear belts. But the best thing to do, if you are in a door and you say you left your keys on your desk, it's the day that you don't have the keys in your pocket. That belt uh-huh. can help close that door. If you know most commercial doors have the door openers, once you right. bind that door, that door will not come open. You literally have to keep that door all the way down to get that door open. I and these are, things that, these are things that are on the Internet that they are teaching people right now. Just little things, just little things of survival. Hide, cut your lights off. Uh, uh, tell everybody to silence their phones. Everybody be quiet. Be very quiet, which is hard. When you have to right. hear people scream and shooting, it's hard for people to be quiet because the nerve is scared. They get scared, get frightened, comes into play. So that's what they should do. Hiding is a key if you cannot get out right away. All right. And before my listeners go off, earlier you mentioned that if you see a guy with a hoodie and it seems out of place, um, has no purpose, unfamiliar to the area but you see them over amount of time then that's somebody you might want to look at pay attention to right now we have this thing about being judged just for wearing a hoodie so i just want to emphasize that it wasn't the point of that this guy had on a hoodie more so that this guy is almost disguising himself in an area Mm -hmm. that he's not familiar with or we're not familiar with that person and it makes sense to pay attention to anybody who starts right. frequenting your, your space or a place exactly. that you're familiar with that you haven't seen right. before. So that makes sense. Okay. I'm going to get all that down. And, in fact, I will try to summarize some of the tips you shared today and post those for our listeners. But, again, I want to thank you for coming on Talking With T. All right. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. So y'all know the show would not be complete without bringing on the know-it-all Professor J and our top investigator, but most often instigator, T.I. Pam. I want to welcome the two of them to today's show. And the first thing I want to hit on is a story about the people's president, Donald Trump, and his folks. They proposed that instead of SNAP benefits or food stamps, as we call them, those in need of food subsidies would receive a food box consisting of milk, cereals, pasta, peanut butter, beans, canned fruit, and canned vegetables. So what do y'all think about that? Well, now, okay. So, I mean, here's the thing with these boxes. All right. So 
on Facebook, people were comparing them to a government-subsidized version of, what is it, Blue Apron, where you get a monthly box of food that you can uh, make meals out of or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I think, I think these boxes are somewhat demeaning because if you give them to people, then you are taking away freedom for them to be able to go to grocery stores and choose what they want to eat. And I understand, you know, these boxes are for people who receive a minimum amount in benefits. Again, I think that even though people would receive SNAP benefits or whatever, I think they should still have the latitude to get what they are comfortable with eating or what they would prefer to eat uh, rather than uh, what the government throws at them. I mean, you've got, what about folks who are lactose intolerant or who have peanut allergies? You know, you've got these boxes coming and they've got things that they cannot take advantage of because of their intolerance or allergies or food sensitivities or whatever. I think it's a hot mess, quite frankly. Okay, I have to agree. I have to agree with you. I think it's a hot mess too, because they're going to deliver them every first of the month, and most people that do get the SNAP benefits, they spread them out over the month, so you have food in the month. If you're getting this box at the beginning of the month, it's not going to last more than likely, and then you're uh, without food for you know a couple of weeks or whatever. So it just it makes no sense. He's, he's an idiot. And everybody that thinks this is a good idea is an idiot, too. Ooh. Okay, we on the idiot alert. <laughs> I guess my right, thought was... across the floor because it has been dropped. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out when they said they're going to put milk in the box. Is this like powdered milk? And these are supposedly items that have a long shelf life. So I'm guessing they think that you're supposed to open your box and then ration out these items over time so that they last you. But I think, again, I think, Jay, you said it was demeaning to say that just because I've fallen down on my luck or I'm not as, you know, financially stable as others, that I have to eat food that comes out of a box that was chosen for me. I don't like the idea at all. Right, right, right. And I mean, as much as I dislike grocery shopping, uh, I tell people all the time that it's a necessary evil of adulting. I just like to be able to go in the grocery store and say, I want the Del Monte pineapple instead of the great value pineapple. Or, you know, I want the whole milk instead of the cheap milk or instead of the powdered milk or the mm-hmm. carnation milk or whatever. I like to be able to have the latitude to get what I want to eat in the ramifications of my budget. And I'm pretty sure that those who perceive that benefit would be able to like to be able to say that they have the same latitude and the same freedom. Right. And one other important thing before we move on to the next story is that a lot of times we receive those benefits because children are involved. Uh And... The children have really no part, no input into whatever financial situation their families are in. And to say that they can't have the option of choosing some treats or some things that they enjoy, 
that what they eat is regulated by the government is so unfair to me. And I would hate to see a kid be put in that situation because of the insensitivity of our government. And, and, you know, that's my two or three cents about that. Well, I guess we'll talk about this story and some others that we share today on our Facebook Live version this week. So, listeners, get ready to share your opinions and thoughts on the stories we share. But I'm going to move on. I'm not sure you've already heard about this, but there was a bit of chaos on a Carnival cruise ship. Now, this was a 10-day cruise in the South Pacific. And evidently, there was a lot, I mean, a whole bunch of fighting on this here ship. And passengers reportedly locked themselves in their cabins to avoid getting injured. The story said that the fight started when a family of over 20 members were provoking conflict, sitting in the pool, fighting with passengers. They were even fighting the crew members. And so this family terrorized the ship, and their unruly behavior continued for most of the days the ship was at sea. There were some people who actually criticized the security guards, though, saying that they were too aggressive and they were, in turn, behaving like the family of troublemakers. Although some passengers locked themselves in their rooms, others were intentionally locked in their rooms as a form of house arrest. And this is just too much, y'all, because the carnival apologized and offered passengers, get this now, 25% off their next cruise. And I would want a full refund, two additional free cruises, and some punitive compensation. Because 25% off the next cruise after 10 days of that mess isn't enough. That's not enough. No, that's, that's not it. Who, who's wretched cousin got on the cruise <laughs> causing all kinds of chaos, mayhem, and disorder like that? Clearly, the, the, uh, Pilot of the ship or whatever had to be intimidated by all of this mayhem because I'm just thinking, for me, we would have pulled over at the nearest dock and Bay Bay and Ray Ray and Say Say or whatever <laughs> that name was would have had to get off immediately. It wouldn't matter to me how they would have gotten back to their original destination or whatever, but they would have had to get the heck up off my ship. Yeah, I saw where they uh, they put some of them on these little small boats and let them ride. That's what they rolled back on was these little smaller boats. And so they did remove several of the family members, but they was did y'all see the videos? They was going at it. Yeah, I have one of the videos actually on our page under today's show. You're right, Pam. It was crazy. I was just trying to think. You pay all this money to go on a cruise, and it essentially was ruined by this one family. And then, of course, and I think it just got bigger because some people wouldn't go have it. So as they were provoking people, spitting and all of that, some people were fighting back. And I think yeah. some of those people may have gotten in trouble, too, you know, but, hey. And 10 days is a long cruise. That's, I think that's too long for a cruise. Yeah, they said they started acting up as soon as they got on the ship. And so if that's true, maybe they shouldn't have departed or left, you know, with them on there. I don't know. But while we're talking about sailing and such, I read about a couple from Colorado. They sold all of their possessions and bought a boat with plans to sail around the world. So here's the good, the bad, and the ugly about that. The good. This couple took a risk, grabbed life for what it is, explored the world. Get it. 
the bad. They were not experienced sailors. And ugly, their boat sank after being at sea for two days. So now the couple is raising money to get their boat out of the water, but they've already exceeded their $10,000 goal on GoFundMe. You know what? They wouldn't have to take that L. <laughs> they sold everything they had, Jay. They were trying to be adventurous. Okay. Well, we, we get them grabbing life by the horns, but mm-hmm. stay in your lane. People have really gave to this joke. It's amazing what people give money for. If you know you can't sell no boat, <laughs> then uh, <laughs> you might want to take some lessons before you embark upon the grand adventure around the world. <laughs> and you sit back and feel in the cut. I would tend to agree. Well, uh, Black Panther opened in theaters this past week, earning over $200 million since Thursday night. So this has topped other Marvel films. And if you haven't seen the movie, don't worry. We're not going to spoil it for you. Just know that you need to stay until the very end. And I saw people sharing that on Facebook. So I said, well, we're going to stay to the end. And I mean stay till after the credits, till you see the screen go dark, the theater lights come on, and little people come up with their uh, brooms and such cleaning out the aisles. Stay until the end. But African Americans in particular were very excited about this movie, and many decided to go to the movie in style and reflective of our culture and heritage. So I have a slideshow of several pictures of the best we have seen under today's show tab next to the photo saying straight out of Watunda. I just want to know why people are so pressed about this movie. Have you seen the hashtag on Twitter? Wakanda is not a real place. Oh, people are just, I don't understand it. Well, it's not, but neither is Gotham City, is it? Right. Okay. You're putting on Batman outfits every time a Batman movie comes out, so. Right. That's okay. Moving on. Same thing with Star Wars. We have to right. listen to people for a whole week talking about the forces with us uh, after the new Star Wars movies comes out. So And Harry Potter and Hogwarts. Let us be great. It's our, yeah, it's our turn. So before we sign off today, I have one story for the Crazy Chronicles. About a woman out of Elizabethtown, Kentucky. She led police on a chase, and then when she was caught, she told the arresting officer that she was Mother Mary on her way to pick up the baby Jesus and had permission from God to speak. Now, she also told the police she had died five years ago. And I believe this supports our request for better mental health facilities and treatment. You know, this is what happens when bath salts are not used for the same <laughs> Right. That's a little hard. That's about all you can say. She died right? five years ago. She was mm-hmm. Mother Mary going to pick up the baby Jesus. And I wonder where she was going to get him from. I don't know, but he done been a baby. He done been in the temple. He done walked with the two other disciples. He done been on the cross. He done been in the tomb. He done gone back to his father, and he's seated at the right hand of the father. He's waiting to come again in glory, so I don't know who she's going to go pick up. And can you believe that Mary was caught doing 120 miles per hour? Oh, that was 10 miles for each of the 12 disciples. <laughs> 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 oh man! <laughs> Hashtag not my G. <laughs> well, again, you can find the links to the story shared on each edition of Talking with T by visiting the website 
That's www.talkingwitht.com, and that's it for this bit. I can't wait to talk to the two of you next week. And I can't wait to tell it. And you know I'm going to say it. Once again, we've come to the end, but be reminded you can now call in and leave your thoughts on topics or issues, and your call just may be featured on an upcoming show. The call-in number is 865-409-1170, and we look forward to hearing from you. Also make note, I'm still looking to share and highlight music from rising artists, and I look forward to more submissions for Tees, Top Teens, and Hometown Heroes. If you're interested in having your product or service featured on Talking With T, we would love to help you promote your business. Tune in the way you like and pick your pleasure by choosing to listen to Talking With T anytime on your time on Blueberry, SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Speaker, Google Music, or iHeartRadio. Look out for new shows each and every Monday. In the meantime and in between time, subscribe to Talking With T Daily, the online daily newspaper to get your daily scoop of trending news and find out what we're talking about. On that note, I'll end with a quote. Listen to your heart. It harbors sacred things. Give from your heart. Abundance it brings. Pray through your heart. Guidance in need. Follow your heart. It knows how to lead. Paul Mark Sutherland Remember where you heard the word. Keep being kind until next time. You've been listening to Talking with Tea.